Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I'm going to talk to you tonight about praying powerful prayers. I love to pray. I love to pray. I, I just sort of pray. About, there's a scripture that says pray without ceasing. And, you know, I just might burst into prayer at any time. I pray when I'm driving down the street. I pray when I'm cleaning the house. I pray with, when I'm cooking. I just love to pray. I, I love to pray for people. I love to pray. And I've discovered that there are some secrets to powerful prayer. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you tonight. Is that all right with you? I'm going to whether it is all right or not. <laughs> Let's look at the first scripture I want to look at is James chapter 5, verse 16. From the, I want to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored to spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, this is the part I'm going to zero in on. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, and I could add our woman, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Prayer makes, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So prayer is powerful. You know, I, I don't really understand all there is to understand about prayer. But I have experienced the power that's available in prayer. I've prayed and been healed. I've prayed for people and seen them healed or delivered or restored. I know that prayer is powerful. And so I want to talk about it because actually prayer is the most powerful force in the universe available to man. And it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You can't fully explain prayer. But over the years, if you will continue to pray, you will begin to see incredible things in your life. Incredible things. And now I'm going to have a little drink. <clears throat> oh, my little dry throat. You know, a lot of people don't really even understand what prayer is. There are a lot of people. Prayer is, if, if I define prayer simply for you, I would tell you this. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is a dialogue between you and God. But most people treat it like a monologue. You know the difference in a monologue and a dialogue? A dialogue is a conversation between, a communication between at least two people. But a monologue is when one person does all the talking. Now think about this. We get our little prayer list. We know what we want from God. So we go to God and we say, now Father, do this and this and this and this and this and this and make my husband do this and straighten my children out and give me that good job and I want this and this and this. In Jesus' name, amen. And we get up and walk off and God is standing there going, wait, wait, wait. I had some things you could do to get that done. I wanted to talk to you and you just walked off. And you know, that is really ignorant. <laughs> now you think about it. I think about myself. When I'm talking to God, God created the heavens and the earth. He made my body. 
He made your body. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has all knowledge, all insight. He, he lives outside time. He knows what happened in the past, what's coming down the road. He knows everything. He knows everything. Why would you not spend a little time and listen? I'm going to share a, a little scripture uh, a little later about the Lord speaking to me and the scripture he gave me. And the particular scripture he gave me is found in Exodus 14, 14. And, it, and the scripture says this, I will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And when he gave that to me, I knew exactly what he was telling me. Shut up. Hold your peace. Hang on to your peace and shut your mouth. He's never said anything like that to you. How sad that, that we, well, I was going to make a, a better sentence than that. How sad that we don't listen to God. How sad. Listen to what Jeremiah uh, wrote in Jeremiah 33, 3. This would be a good verse for you to memorize. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Now, hold it just a minute. That's the two parts of prayer. You call to me, and I will answer you. We're good at the calling part. We're not good at the listening part. Now, I have to be honest with you. Normally, when God answers me, he answers me through his word. He answers me through his word. I, I read the word. If you read 365 with us, our reading plan here at church, and you read it quietly before the Lord, and you're praying, he will speak to you out of, out, of the, out of the word of God. Jeremiah is teaching us that prayer is a two-way proposition. We call and God answers. That's a, listen, what a promise. Is that a great promise? If you call, I will answer. Somebody said that's God's telephone number, Jeremiah 33.3. <laughs> call unto me and I will answer you. <laughs> Just as the Bible gives us prayer directions, prayer brings us a new dynamic in our study of the Bible. Because when I read the Bible, I read the Bible to hear God's voice. I read the Bible for God to give me insight. He speaks to me through his word. And we speak to him. We speak back to him through prayer. Jeremiah 33, call unto me and I will answer you. Prayer is the talking part of our relationship with God. And it's vital for our spiritual growth. You're not going to grow spiritually if you never pray. If you never talk to your mate, husband or wife, if you just never said one word to each other, you might have problems in your marriage. In fact, you would have problems in your marriage. Some, maybe my husband at times, wishes I wouldn't talk so much. But, but he's gotten used to it over these 50 years. This brings me to the first powerful secret of prayer. Learn and practice praying the Word of God. Learn and practice praying the Word of God. The most effective way to pray is to take God's Word to Him. I, I've done this for years and years. I think it was in the early 70s when Art and I moved to Colorado and I met a lady named Marilyn Hickey and she was just a pastor's wife at that time. 
And we used to study the Bible together, and we, we, did, we made journals of scriptures on all these different subjects, and then we'd pray those scriptures. And that's where I began to learn to pray the Word of God. But there's nothing more powerful than praying the Word of God. Listen to Isaiah 55, 11. This is God talking. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire, and it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Whatever you need to know about your need is in the Bible. And if you will return, notice my word that goes out of my mouth. Where's God's mouth on the earth? Where's God's mouth on the earth? It's on your face. The only mouth God's going to use on the earth is on your face. So when you speak the word of God, you could say it like this. The word of God that goes out of my mouth will not return empty. It will accomplish what God desires to accomplish. When I put his word in my mouth and I speak it out, it will accomplish what God desires to accomplish through me. Whatever my need, I know there's a scripture that I can pray back to God. Uh, uh, God has just done so many wonderful things for me, and, and this just pops up in my head as an example. I had arthritis in both of my hips. Uh, I don't know if Art remembers how long ago it's been, but it's been a long time. I had arthritis in both my hips. I really didn't realize that's what it was until I talked to a relative and I told her, about my hips are just hurting so much, I can hardly walk. When I stand up, I just have to stand there for a minute before I can even take a step. They just hurt so bad. She said, well, you do know that your mother had to have her hips replaced. And you do know that, that uh, my sister had to have her hips replaced. And I have arthritis in my hips. We all have arthritis in our hips. And I remember exactly what I said to her. I said, you can have it if you want it. <laughs> but I'm going to get rid of it. And so I went to the Word of God, and I began to search for scriptures about bones. And I began to take those scriptures. I walked and prayed in those days. I still walk and pray when I, when I can. But I walked almost every day and prayed in those days. And I would take those scriptures, and this is how I pray them. Lord, you said. And I would quote the scripture to him. Lord, you said. Well, a bone scripture that pops into my head right now that I pray because I don't want osteoporosis. So I prayed this one. I pray this, it's, it's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, I am not wise in my own eyes, Lord. I fear you, and I turn from evil. And I thank you, Father, that it's health to my flesh. That's all your soft tissues. And it's strength to my bones. I have strong bones. I prayed that, and I prayed that. I, I prayed that for about two years. And, and, you know, sometimes when your healing comes, it takes a while for you to realize your healing came. So we're going to Arkansas. Now, my husband, he's here, and he'll tell you this is true. He doesn't like to stop. So when we get on the road to go to Arkansas, he only stops for gas. And if I have other requirements, I can wait till we stop for gas. <laughs> so we had been driving for probably four hours, and we stopped outside of Marshall, Texas, and he, and he was filling the car with gas, and I got out to go into the store. And when I got out and walked into the store, it dawned on my lightning-quick mind that normally, if I got out of the car after sitting for four hours, I would not be able to just jump out and walk. 
I would have to stand there a minute and, and slowly begin to walk until I could get my hips to work it, and then I'd be able to walk. I see people struggling to walk, and I, I want to go pray for them. I want to lay my hands on them because I know how it feels. But that day, I got out of the car, and I, when I got back in the car, I said, Art, I think God's healed me. And when I get to Arkansas, I'll know because if, I, if they're still not hurt when I get to Arkansas, I'll know I'm healed. They haven't hurt since then, y'all. God healed me. Why did he do it? Well, the whole time I was reminding him of his word, he was building a memorial. And one day he said, well, that's tall enough. And he healed me. And there's just been so many, so many, 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 many things he's done. You know, God created the heavens and the earth with his words. He did. And I know that my words are creating the world in which I live. So I want my words, the words that I speak every day, the words that I pray before the Father, I want my words to be full of faith. I want my words to be his words. It's so powerful. It's the secret to the power of prayer. Now you say, how do you know what to pray? How do you, how do you figure that out? Well, you just got to learn to search the scripture. Just like I did. I got a concordance. Now I would Google it, but then you couldn't Google anything. That was before Internet. That is how old I am. But I had a concordance, and I looked up the word bones, and I found every scripture I could find on bones. So whatever you need. When I had cancer, I looked everything I could find on healing. I got healed. You got to make up your mind. You're going to get what you need from God because you're going to pray the word back to him. And he said, my word will not return void. I I shared this with you a minute ago, but I'm going to read it to you as I conclude this part of it. When we're in prayer relationship with God and reading his word regularly, he will give you the perfect scripture for your need. And I told you that he gave me Exodus 14, 14. When he gave me that scripture... That wonderful scripture, I will fight for you and you will hold your peace. He took me to the scripture before it to help me understand it. This is, let me tell you where this is found before we quote this. This is found in Exodus and Israel, God has delivered them from Egypt. They've come to the Red Sea. They're at the bank of the Red Sea. The Red Sea is in front of them. The army of Egypt is behind them. They are the meat in the sandwich. They're very upset and Moses is concerned also. And God speaks to, Mo- to the, Moses, and this is what he says. Tell the people, fear not. Now, that is, tell the people, fear not. They're standing before an ocean, of the sea, no way to get across. And the army's coming to kill them. And they're not to be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Then the next thing he says is stand still. And see the salvation of God. Now, what was he saying to them? You're not going to have to fight in this battle. I'm going to do this for you. You're going to see a miracle. Now, you just get calm down. Make a choice to trust me. And stand still. Stand on my word. Stand still. You're going to see something. Stand still and see the salvation of God. For the enemy who has come against you. You will never see again. No, not ever. For I will fight for you. And you will hold your peace. You will shut up and believe. 
And let me, let me make this comment to you. Nobody in the world ever saw him again. It wasn't just Israel that never saw that enemy again. They tried. They saw what God had done for Israel, and they thought, oh, we're going after him. And God let him get right out in the middle, and then he just splash. Goodbye. Pharaoh's army is gone. You know, Miriam was so excited when she got to the other side. She got a tambourine, and she began to sing, I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. They had a party. And you know, when God answers your prayer, you'll have a party. You just can't help it. You get excited when God answers your prayer. One last scripture, and the guys don't have this scripture because I just thought of it this afternoon. But in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, there's a wonderful scripture. Listen to what it says. This is God talking. I have set my watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they will never hold their peace day or night. You who are God's servants, and by your prayers, now listen to what you're supposed to do. Put the Lord in remembrance of his word. Give him no peace. Give him no peace until he establishes. In this verse, it says Jerusalem, but it could be your home. It could be your finances. It could be your body. It could be your job until he establishes your petition. And makes it a praise in the earth. You might want to write down that scripture. And you might want to memorize it. You know, I love to meditate on the word. And I memorize a lot of scripture. I do it on a regular basis for two reasons. Because it gives me, it increases my inventory of scripture to pray. And this is the latest thing God told me about it. God told me that memorizing scripture energizes my brain and it will keep my brain from atrophying and it will keep me from getting forgetful. It will energize my spirit and it will energize my mind. So meditate on the word, memorize the word and pray the word. Now here's the second, and I'll just, I'm going to do this one real fast because I'm just about out of time. The second secret to powerful prayer is prayer in the Holy Spirit. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, uh, let me give you a scripture. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, leave it up for just a minute. Let me point, point about, we'll go to that, we'll go for, likewise. This is the first thing I want you to see. The Spirit knows our weaknesses, and we usually don't know how to pray as we ought. Now, that's the truth, isn't it? And there's a lot of times I face things, I don't know how to pray for it. But it says he will come to our aid. Now, if you are born again, if you have invited Jesus in your heart, let me announce to you that you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. What? Yes, you do. You have the very Spirit of God dwelling within you. And this scripture says that when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit himself will begin to intercede for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's prayer in the Holy Spirit. That's what happened to Cornelius. 
The Holy Spirit rose up in him and just took over his speech, and he began to worship God in the Spirit. Oh, don't talk about that, Billy. I just get so nervous when people talk about praying in tongues. Get over it. (laughs) You don't have to if you don't want to. The Lord won't make you. But let me tell you, it's one of the most powerful ways to pray, and this is why. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you pray the perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but when I had a teenage daughter, thank God she's perfect in 40 now. But when she was a teenager, and when I was concerned about her, and I didn't know how to pray, I didn't know what was going on in her little brain, and I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to talk to her, I didn't know how to reason with her, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I prayed a long time in the Holy Ghost, and he heard me. He prayed the perfect will of God over my daughter, and he kept her. And in my life, I've learned the most powerful way to pray is to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, look at that last verse that they tried to put up a minute ago before I was ready. (laughs) I love you guys. I think they're wonderful. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. That is the most misquoted verse in the Bible, probably. We know, uh, the Amplified Bible says, and we know God being a, a partner in our labor. Now, how is God a partner in our labor? We're praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're not praying, and, and not necessarily in the Holy Spirit, but if you're not praying, then you can't know that all things are going to work for your good. And let me tell you that all things are not good. Bad things happen to good people. The devil, there's a devil and he hates you. And he will try to kill, steal, and destroy you. But you can know if you're a person of prayer, and especially if you'll learn to pray the word of God and pray in the spirit, that that no matter what happens, you can know that everything that's happening is going to turn around for your good. Because you love God and because he's called you according to his purposes. Well, I just don't really know how to end. So I'll just say this. When you pray, you're building memorials. Don't forget that. God is listening. God is paying attention. Learn to pray the word of God. Learn to memorize little scripture. Just just one verse at a time. Just one verse at a time. And pray that verse back to God. I want to pray for you, Father. You know the need of every person in this place. There may be some folks in here like Cornelius who want to know you. They want to know you more. Oh, Lord, manifest your spirit in their life in a way they've never experienced before. Let him rise up. Let him just rise up until they just can't help it. They just let him flow out of their mouth in your language, Father. Oh, do that. And if there's one person in this room that doesn't know you, if there's one person in this room who hasn't made you the Lord of his life, her life, minister now in Jesus' name. Now, are you here tonight? And maybe you don't know the Lord. I I don't know that, you know, you may have come here with a friend. You may have wandered in. You may have been coming for a long time, but you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And you really feel a need. You want to know God. You want God to know you. You want to experience him in a new way. If that's you, we want to pray with you. We won't embarrass you. We won't call you down to the front. But we want to pray with you. 
So slip your hand in the air and hold it there for a second until I can see it all over the building. You may be here and you say, I know that I'm born again. I know I have the Holy Spirit. But I'm not where I should be with the Lord. And I would really like to rededicate my life tonight. Pray for me. If that's you, stick your hand up. Yeah, I see, I see a few hands going up. Yeah. We're going to all pray together. So just pray this after me. Dear God, I know I need to be saved. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation because I've said yes to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that any person in this room that has not yet experienced the wonderful overflowing of the Holy Spirit in their life, that you will minister to them, just like you ministered to Cornelius. And when next they bow to pray, your spirit will rise up in them, and you will help them pray in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for our time together. Teach us to pray, Father. Call us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.